Good morning. It is a genuine pleasure to be back this morning. I've had an opportunity to say hello to several of you guys, and uh, it's uh, it's uh, great to see you. It's great to be back in Beijing. Iris and I arrived back um, last Wednesday. Uh, we just spent just over a month in the States. We were able to see our two sons. It's difficult to connect with them these days now that they're grown and have jobs and their own lives, but we were able to connect with both of them and with Iris's family in the central part of the U.S. Um, got snowed in one day when we were there um, and also were able to see some of my family in Texas, including my 94-year-old mom, who is uh, still in great spirits, even though her body is uh, weary, uh, pretty, uh, not much gas left there. Uh, if you are new to Beijing, I know this time every year a number of new families move to this part of the city because uh, they're moving on job assignments and so on, and they're, of course your kids are in the local schools out here. If you're just recently here, we just want to express a warm welcome to you. We hope you uh, sense a warm embrace from the rest of us. And uh, this time of year is a little bit... Uh, slow, it's transitional between about December 15 and the end of Chinese New Year around February 15 because there's so many people traveling with different uh, schedules and out, uh, but things will settle down and we will have a newcomer's lunch as soon as Chinese New Year is over and we would welcome all of you to come. It's a good way to get acquainted with some of the families and some of the staff in our church, and uh, so we will provide you more information about that as the time grows a little uh, closer. We normally don't travel that much, uh, but this afternoon, Iris and I are going to Thailand uh, uh, for 10 days. We've been invited to uh, teach some staff of a Christian organization that works in a number of countries in this part of the world. Uh, It's really a great privilege and opportunity. If you think of us, uh, pray for us. Uh, There's quite a few of the staff, they're team leaders and teams uh, who are working in some very difficult circumstances and living in some hard places. And so we really want to bring some encouragement uh, and just share out of our experience of, of living over here for Uh, 20 years, but um, we really want to encourage them and provide a little bit of support and affirmation for them. So we would welcome your prayers as we try to do that. We'll return to Beijing on the 31st of January, and then we'll be here throughout the uh, rest of the semester. I know you would agree with me uh, that people learn a lot about us by what we communicate through our face. If people normally see on our face a warm, affirming, uh, inviting smile, uh, they will perceive us, of course, normally as cheerful and open and friendly, and that tends to create uh, kind of a receptive attitude in the people that we meet if we have that sort of uh, smile and, and appearance. If for whatever reason our face routinely carries an expression of irritation uh, or frustration or maybe suspicion, it will tend to stimulate a defensive response uh, in those that we engage with on a day-to-day basis. 
the expression that our kids see in our face, especially when they're really young, has a great deal to do with the attitudes that they develop about themselves. If we have an encouraging, supportive, affirming attitude and face, we are communicating that way to them. That tends uh, to uh, produce confidence in them and optimism about their circumstances, and they become optimistic and confident often for a, a long time. But if we normally have a stressed or a fearful expression, uh, they will tend to take on those emotions if we, are, if we have those kinds of feelings and we exude those and we communicate those in different ways, well, our kids, of course, will tend to absorb those kind of feelings and adopt some of the same attitudes. Uh, what we communicate, both emotionally and through our face, uh, is very important in many of our relationships. number of times, interestingly enough, the Bible talks about God's face. Uh, Some of the Psalms uh, record the prayers of people asking God to reveal his face to them. Uh, Other passages talk about the powerful results uh, if we get a glimpse of God's face. And we also uh, find some conditions for what it says uh, encountering and perceiving or, or gaining a, a glimpse of his face. Well, what's this talking about? You know, God is a spirit. We know that there is some figurative language going on here. But what does this mean? Uh, I want to look just briefly with you for a few minutes at a couple of these passages. I think you'll find it really interesting and hopefully encouraging. Psalm 27 and verse 4. Uh, David wrote these words. He says, I have asked one thing from the Lord. The one thing I shall seek is to live in his house all the days of my life to behold his beauty and meditate in his temple. That is a very interesting uh, and revealing word about the motives that drove this particular individual. David, of course, was the second king of Israel. He's one of the more uh, important and interesting people described in the Bible. Uh, He wrote about uh, half of the 150 Psalms, including this particular Psalm. As most of you know, when he was young, he was a boy shepherd uh, who became an extraordinary soldier. He demonstrated some amazing courage at some very critical times uh, in some of the military engagements that Israel was involved in at the time. He became a fugitive for a period, uh, and then he became king. As king, he was a great military and spiritual leader. He was a pretty effective government administrator, uh, as well as a man with great flaws. The Bible portrays him in 360 degrees. Uh, It both reveals some of the amazing, inspiring qualities of this individual, and also tells us quite plainly and flatly some of the dark uh, parts uh, of his 
life and some of the bad decisions that he made. But he is celebrated in the Bible primarily because of his desire uh, for God. And this passage, uh, he's saying, the one thing I ask from the Lord is to uh, live in the house of the Lord, uh, to perceive his beauty, meditate in his temple. We don't know precisely when he wrote this, how old he was. Uh, it, he's talking here when he talks about the house of the Lord, he's referring to the tabernacle, uh, which was a type of tent that God instructed the Israelites to build early in their history, and often his presence was revealed to them. His instruction often came through that. They offered the sacrifices and the sacrificial system at the tabernacle, but it was certainly a place that God was encountered clearly uh, by many of the Israelites, as described for us in the Old Testament. Uh, maybe it was when he was king in Jerusalem after they had moved the tabernacle uh, to the city of Jerusalem. But in some way or the other, uh, he at some point had had a very memorable, unmistakable, and life-changing encounter with God. And it had captured his heart in such a way that he wanted more of it. It was a driving passion of his life. And the reason that he is so celebrated is because it so captured his heart that, that uh, he pursued God all of his life in spite of his weaknesses and even through the great uh, difficulties that he faced at times. But then he makes another remark in the same psalm in verse 8 and 9 that's even more personal. Uh, and he, he's actually, we have here a, 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 a sentence that captures a prayer that an expression that he is making to God. He says, When you, Lord, said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, I shall seek your face. Don't hide it from me. So at some point, he became clearly aware that God was inviting him to seek him in a deep way, in a sense, seek his face. And so he responded with the affirmative, Yes, Lord, I will do that. Don't hide it from me. I have seen the greatness, the beauty, the magnificence of your presence, of your reality, and I want that. And this isn't just religious poetry. This clearly is something very deep and meaningful to him. And uh, so he's using these words to describe a very personal encounter with God. There are three results described for us in Scripture, at least three that I have found, that we can expect uh, if we can pursue God in such a way that we encounter him in the way that David is describing here. The first result we see in Psalm 4, and there's similar idea in Psalm 36 and Psalm 43, where the psalmist say, they uh, are talking to the Lord. It says, lift up the light of your face upon us, Lord. And your light, we see light. So in this passage, uh, clearly it's a pretty simple uh, phrase. It's God's face is described as exuding light. 
Now, light in the Bible is, uh, normally refers to insight or wisdom. Of course, God is described in the Bible as being utterly omniscient. He knows everything. He has all the facts. And so, in this passage, <clears throat> the psalmist is praying on behalf of the people that God would reveal himself in such a way that their path will be illuminated, that they will have guidance and direction and wisdom in the complicated circumstances of life that they are facing. So the first result of seeing his face is that we experience guidance. This year, uh, you're probably going to face some complicated uh, circumstances. Inevitably, you're going to face some decisions that sometimes are perplexing, they're difficult, there's all these variables and it's difficult to sort out. And sometimes when we are facing painful and difficult uh, circumstances, it could be in work, it could be in our marriage, it could be in other kinds of relationships, it could be in extent with extended family members, it could a whole range of could be health problems. Uh, we know some people in our congregation that are facing some fairly serious health problems uh, right now, but this year all of us are going to face some uh, struggles and complicated circumstances. And the Bible doesn't always promise that we're going to get instantaneous illumination and insight about what we should do. Certainly that's not my experience and the experience of a lot of uh, Christian people that I know. But if we can gain an encounter with God in the complexity, in our confusion even though the, the answer may not be immediate and forthcoming, it will inevitably lead us to a place of deeper peace with it. And when our hearts and minds are settled, if we can experience and encounter God in the way that the psalmist is describing here, we reach a point where it's okay and rest in God that he will provide the answers that we need in his timing and that, in fact, he will illumine the darkness around us and help us to understand what to do. We see the second result of, in Psalm 80, verse 3 and following, where uh, the psalmist prays on behalf of the people again. He says, O oh God, restore us. Cause your face to shine upon us, and we will be, sta- we will be saved. And this phrase is repeated three times in this particular psalm. Now, the dictionary definition of restore is to renew to freshness and vigor. So this passage teaches us that if we see God's face, if we encounter him in a meaningful way, we will gain fresh energy. Uh, His spiritual life and energy can be transmitted to us in a way that lifts us up and energizes us and produces within us a desire to follow his guidance and direction. And uh, it's just uh, profoundly uh, encouraging. So the second result is if we encounter him in the way that described here, we are restored. This year we're probably, all of us are going to be weary or fatigued 
perhaps you, you, you may be feeling uh, weary and fatigued right now. Um, this time of year in Beijing, December, even th- through the holiday season, often it's a little bit of a break because of school uh, vacations and uh, just some time off. But then the really darker weather in Beijing comes in December, January, and February, and with some of the smoke and the, the smog and the pollution, it can be difficult. It can be a tough uh, time of year. And according to this passage, when we are fatigued, uh, we can nevertheless uh, find a sustaining energy through an encounter with God. Then the third result in Psalm described for us in Psalm 67, <clears throat> the psalmist says, God be gracious to us and bless us. Shine your face upon us that your way may be known on the earth, your salvation among all nations. Excuse me. And this passage is teaching us that there's a direct relationship between seeing God's face, encountering Him in a fresh way, and the dissemination of truth. So, third result uh, if because of the empowering and illuminating and uh, restoring energy that we can gain through a fresh encounter with God, then that inevitably means that we have more spiritual vitality and uh, we become uh, more effective in demonstrating or illustrating the values and the teaching of Christ, and people are drawn to that. Uh, People are attracted by that kind of spiritual vitality. And so that's certainly uh, a desire that we would all have for ourselves and for our church uh, this year. Uh, Part of our vision and capital community is to be a resource uh, for the northern area of Beijing. Uh, Most of you know that there are six international schools uh, in the immediate vicinity within about five or ten minutes of of our place here. Uh, About 5,000 students from over 100 countries, according to the website. So it is definitely a crossroads uh, place of the world. We have a very multicultural uh, congregation. Uh, People from uh, a number of different places around the world join us. But part of our vision is to so encourage each other and, and to support each other as we seek Christ together and to love and affirm uh, each other, that we are a vital uh, expression of the reality of God in our, in our neighborhood and that uh, that penetrates to some degree in these different academies and these families that live out in this part of the city uh, so that we can be a resource for them in their areas of need. Two conditions for seeing his face are described for us in uh, the scripture. First condition, Isaiah chapter 59. In verse 2, the passage says, The Lord is not deaf. He can hear when you call, but your sins have hidden his face from you, so he does not listen. Now, Isaiah is uh, rebuking the people of his time through this particular passage. The, the spiritual condition of the Israelites during Isaiah's life was not good. It was a time when the people had drifted far away from God's 
instruction and from uh, obeying and responding to him well. And so uh, he was a man that was called to the difficult task of making them aware of that and making them aware of this impending uh, conflict and war that was descending on them and that was ultimately going to result in their being exiled from their land. But we, for our context, we've got to ask, what does this mean? Uh, the New Testament says that all of us have sinned. Uh, and in fact, the first John tells us really clearly that if we say that we haven't sinned, uh, we're deceived. Um, and that we, we don't have, really, we're not operating in the truth. We all have our particular weaknesses. Uh, at times, we can be uh, self-centered. We can be harsh, irritable, angry, petty, uh, selfish in different ways. This is, in a part, this is a, the human condition. Uh, but I think if we peel the, the veneer off of this and look more deeply into these passages... It's like, I believe that what the scripture is saying is that the people whom, from whom God hides his face are those who aren't concerned about it. They uh, don't acknowledge that there is weakness and issues that they need to work on in their life. They deny it. They don't, aren't willing, for whatever reasons, to get it out in the light and to talk about it and to recognize it. Uh, but would tend to lay down in it and choose not to fight back against it. And so if we move into a condition of life in which that would describe us, I think what, what the scripture would say is God more or less releases us to our uh, choices. But whenever we are willing to face ourselves squarely and look ourselves honestly in the mirror, Things can change very, very quickly. First uh, John one nine says, "If we confess our sins, God is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness." So when we come clean with God, if we are honest with ourselves and we open our hearts and minds to Him, and we openly acknowledge our areas of need and weakness and error. Scripture says God smiles. Uh, he cleanses us. And then what I think these passages are telling us, he is very pleased to illuminate uh, us with his light, to gain, give us an experience and, and a vision of his face, as the Scripture says. Second condition, Psalm 11 in verse 7, says, The Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. The upright will behold his face. Very straightforward. Those who are seeking the truth, uh, who are seeking to develop habits of obedience, trying to discern what it is that God would have them do in their inner life, and in their marriage, and their family, with their kids uh, in their workplace, their priorities and their values, and pursuing intentionally and consistently uh, his direction and seeking to humbly respond to his guidance and direction, well, they will see his face 
according to this passage, and then experience all these remarkable results that are described in Scripture for us. Um, Great goal this year, I think, for all of us is to commit ourselves to seeking an encounter with God every day, to to seek a glimpse of His face. And we could do that in all kinds of ways. Um, Many of you guys, I know, you... Uh, have a long commute uh, down to work every day. Um, I'm sure many of you, if you're carpooling, you're probably talking to some of your co-workers, but if you're not at times, you, there's lots of good teaching. It can be downloaded. Uh, some of the best teaching in the world is available a fingertip away on the internet. You can download it on your uh, iPod and listen to teaching. Um, of course, there's all kinds of of devotionals that are available that can be immediately downloaded on whatever device that you're using and you can spend a few minutes very productively driving down to work or driving back just trying seeking to quiet your mind and heart before you face the challenges of the day and just asking and seeking uh, a fresh glimpse of God in your life um, there are so many groups uh, women's groups for those of you uh, who are uh, seeking an encounter with God, uh, just lots and lots of opportunities uh, for, for that, as well as Taco Tuesday for the men. And of course, a part of our goal for our kids, with our children and our teens, is to do the very best that we can, given the personnel and the financial resources that we have available to us here in Beijing, to create a fun attractive environment for our kit for our small children for our elementary school kids middle school and high school so that they can themselves uh, gain some glimpse of the face of God in the way that David describes because if they do just like he did as a young man it will change them Uh, it will change their direction it will change their perspective and if their heart is touched and penetrated by his greatness, uh, they will embrace that and they will open their minds and hearts to him with profound consequences for the rest of their life. So one of our goals is to pray and to work together so that that happens in the the best ways that we can possibly uh, deliver it. And in closing this morning, I wanted to mention one uh, concern uh, briefly that we have, uh, that we're facing as a congregation. have a slide for you. We're facing a bit of a a financial crunch uh, right now. Um, I think there's some, a slide that we have. uh, July through November, uh, we have been experiencing a shortfall of about 4,000 U.S. dollars relative to our expenses and then I'm I'm told by Robin who manages and oversees some of our finances that last month there was a little over a $5,000 shortfall between expenses uh, and income so we have been slowly eroding uh, our margin so that we have a very narrow uh, margin of of capital uh, less than a month I'm told uh, of operating capital that we have on hand, we try to keep at least two months of of a uh, residual, so that if there are un- emergency expenses, 
If any of you want any information about how your offerings are spent, uh, that's an open book. Uh, I think one of the issues that we faced, the children's program last year was becoming so crowded uh, that it was, I I walked down there several times uh, during the classes, and we had so many kids stuffed in so many of these little quadrants down there that the noise was just unbearable. I really respect the teachers for pushing through on that. But then last uh, spring, this wonderful couple, unsolicited, said they would like to give 25000 U.S. dollars uh, to renovate this opposite side, lower floor area for a teen center, which immediately released all the pressure for the kids down there because then the teen space was, was opened up for the children. And so we invested in that. But then in addition to our investment in that renovation... Then the landlord also wanted a very significant increase in rent, uh, which we agreed to pay. Uh, And so uh, Beijing is a little different uh, where rent and because we have very limited uh, opportunities uh, where there aren't very many alternatives uh, besides this particular facility. So the, the leadership and the board of the church made some very reasoned made the best decisions that they could make very prayerfully and, and analytically to try to take that on for the well-being of our kids. Uh, but now, and also another factor, I think we had some, uh, we have some wonderful, so I'm told, I don't look at the record, so I don't know who gives what here, but I know that we have some very um, giving families. Some people are really carrying the weight of our congregation uh, a lot, uh, but a lot of those families, it seems, left the, because of job reassignment last spring, and uh, we have failed to uh, communicate, apparently, sufficient information and keep you updated, but that's what we're facing. I'd ask you to uh, pray about that, and if God is leading you to give in ways that you haven't given before, we'd certainly uh, welcome that. Uh, once everything settles down the beginning of February, we'll probably assess and then analyze what we need to do uh, by way of either cut, cutting expenses or, or whatever else, or, or hopefully we will get uh, an infusion of offerings so that well, this will go away. So just keeping you fully informed. If you'd like more information, we're delighted to provide it. You can contact Robin Hill, and uh, Pearl Jung also works with him on that. Again, great to be with you. I'll see you uh, in two Sundays from now. And uh, let's conclude in prayer this morning together. Lord, thank you for your word. Uh, It's a humbling thing to try to talk about your greatness, your beauty. Uh, Certainly I am way insufficient to do that with any skill or effectiveness, but I pray that you would nonetheless use our focus on the scripture this morning to encourage hearts and to lead us into a deeper encounter with you. I pray that you would work in each of our minds and lives uh, so that we can glimpse the beauty that's described here in these passages. We can see you in a way that captures our hearts, um, that 
energizes us, that gives us wisdom, direction, that uh, creates a vitality within us that enables us to be uh, more effective examples of who you want us to be. I pray you'd give us courage to acknowledge any error or weakness in our life and to face it squarely and to experience your forgiveness and grace because we know it's abundant, it's unlimited, uh, and it's enduring. So I pray for each of my friends and each family here today. I pray that you would sustain them in this rough time of year, the cold and uh, sometimes depressing uh, conditions weather-wise around here. And we thank you for the opportunity to gather here today in your name. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.